Okay, Lane Kiffin has won 16 of, out of his last 19 games, but how does Ole Miss as a program take that next step? We'll tell you our thoughts right after this. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you for joining us today. Um, as you know, before we get started, I just want to let you know, I'm banking all these shows early so you guys can have all this content before the Kentucky game that you would normally get, but Hurricane Ian is bearing down on my house. Like, literally, the cone right now, The my house is in the center of it, so... Um, I am going to just bank on the fact that we're going to lose power. And instead of you guys missing out on some videos, I decided to bank these a little bit earlier. So just full disclosure, I am recording this on Tuesday. This, this is Friday's show, but I'm recording this on Tuesday. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with product, promo code locked on. That's two words, locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That is pretty cool. Also, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Just absolutely wherever you get your podcast. And that is pretty cool. So we will concentrate on that. So this is the Friday show, and we have gone over just about every angle. You've heard from Lance Daw, you've heard from Chris Gordy, you've heard from all sorts of people. The only people you haven't heard from, surprisingly enough, is our contributors, but that's just because the hurricane kind of knocked them out. So they'll be back next week. We're not planning anything, but um, I do want to let you know, everything rushing through this, it made it kind of hard on people um, recording stuff on the show. So bear with them and bear with me, please. So... What can Ole Miss do to increase their likelihood in taking that next step? And everybody wants to know that next step. Ole Miss has won 16 out of 19. That's decent numbers. That's vault-era numbers at Ole Miss. 16 out of 19, 12-game home winning streak. We are in a version of the glory days right now. People need to sit back, look at it, and realize what's happening now. People want to complain over and over about something. And that is just basically the attitude of being an Ole Miss fan over the last 40 years. There's something always wrong. The other shoe is going to drop. Something is going to happen. That's the reason they invented We Are Ole Miss. So the number one thing for national perception and everything in this program to change is an attitude change needs to happen about the program within the fan base. You need to water off a duck's back a little bit. You need to be able to take a loss, not get like really crazy. If you heard Saturday in postgame, you saw a bunch of people that were freaking out. Even though the winning touchdown was scored before Ole Miss scored their last touchdown, but it, it was scored in the second quarter. But they were freaking out. Why? Because the optics didn't exactly look like they wanted them to look. 
Never mind the fact the first three non-conference games this year, Ole Miss was winning by like 42-4 to score on average. Never mind that. But everybody has games like this. doesn't matter the statue of your program. It doesn't have to be a long-term, here-we-go-again thing. I understand that some people have some PTSD when it comes to Ole Miss football. I get that. Fourth and 25. All of that stuff happened. There has been years of proof that stuff like that happens. But every team, every season, every game, even as Lane Kiffin says, every half is completely independent. So why will we harp on something that happened in 2015 today? Because it's an attitude of the way you view the football team. You view the football team as somebody that will perpetually hurt you. It won't reach the levels that you expect it to reach. It's the reason, honestly, in college baseball in 2018, the Tennessee Tech series got so weird. So much nervous energy was in that state, in that stadium, and it almost became a self-fulfilling prophecy that Ole Miss lost both of those games. Like I said, I don't blame Ole Miss fans for the PTSD because. We, over the last 40 years, have never really been as good as we've claimed we were and hoped that we'd get there. So we were always disappointed at a level. We could have a season they come in and like, yeah, we can win 10 games this season. We have the best team that we've had in 30 years or something, like 1999. Well, that team lost four games by like three or four points, ended up going seven and four, but that was a disappointment. Because each season, each team, each game, each half are all independent things. One does not pertain to the other. But, like I said, that feeling of the other shoe dropping has permeated the Ole Miss fan base. Like I said, and, the, and it's deserved. I get that. But that attitude needs to change about the program. You need to walk into the game and expect the team to win. And if they don't, well, we'll win the next one. That is what you need to do with this program moving forward because we've seen over three years with Lane Kiffin the transformation that could happen. And if Lane Kiffin stays here for any length of time, there is nothing to say that that will not happen in the future. We have a staff here that is perhaps better than any staff that Ole Miss football has ever had. I mean, seriously. I can listen to Randall Joyner and I want to run through a brick wall right now. Maurice Crum, all of those guys. Even Chris Partridge, when he talks, you can just hear how thoughtful and how analytical he is. He's almost, he doesn't look like it and you wouldn't think about it if you just saw him, but he's almost a Dave Aranda type analytical professor when it comes to playing defense. Everything and every detail is completely taught. It's a, that's a really cool thing because, honestly, as much as I followed Ole Miss football, as much as I thought I knew about Chris Partridge, I did not know that. So you learn something new every day. Lane Kiffin and Charlie Walsh Jr., they are working. They are learning to get this done. They're going to improve as the season goes on. Ole Miss is 4-0 this season. They have like the 
I don't know, the fifth longest winning streak in the country. Now, granted, there's some ties in there. So, you know, there's some that have five wins. Kentucky's winning streak is at eight right now, by the way. So, this attitude around Ole Miss football and Ole Miss sports in general needs to change. That is the most important thing that Ole Miss football and Ole Miss sports needs to take the next step. That attitude needs to change. There, there needs to be an oh well attitude whenever a game's lost because bad games are going to happen. Coaches will tell you that a team can get up about four times a year, three times a year, and the rest they're just hoping it's busy business as usual or talent is or you're not going to play your best game. And that Tulsa game that everybody is freaking out over is a game that honestly the media set up starting back in February whenever they claimed that the Kentucky game was all that mattered. And that Kentucky game was eight days away. Everybody was looking at that game. Ole Miss came out unfocused. Typical trap game type stuff and was able to win the game. Which is the most important part of this. They were able to win the game. But in the second half, that attitude also helped. And people leaving the stadium. And I did a video last night about Lane Kiffin. He's obviously upset and concerned about this. And we'll see this weekend when Kentucky comes to town. Now, this was a hard game. This was our third home game. And the first two was Troy and Central Arkansas. So Tulsa was probably the best game that they have, but it was the third non-conference game with Kentucky coming up in eight days. You want to bank that, reserve that for tomorrow. Go out there and actually show out. You have a stripe out. Look on social media to find out which section is the color that you're supposed to wear. Check that out. I think um, stripethevault.com is up to where you can look and see exactly. Put your seats in and you can see exactly what you need to do for the game tomorrow. This is a big moment. I, I am skeptical about um, Ole Miss fans' ability to pull this off, and that's just simply because I know them. And, you know, we have trouble with the wear blue game, wear red game pretty consistently, and there's a group of people that says, well, I'm going to wear what I want to wear, and I just don't care. And with the sport coats and the dresses and everything that goes on, it's going to be hard to have a uniform color. Now, this could look really good tomorrow. I hope it looks really good tomorrow. Because this is an interesting thing. Because Ole Miss is red and blue. Red and blue together is going to look good. It just is. It's the best color scheme in the country. So if it gets pulled off, it could look really good on an 11 a.m. ESPN camera for a national audience. If you look at that 11 a.m. slot, the only competition they really have is like Michigan and Iowa. And you have to be a big tw- Big Ten supporter to the extreme to follow that game. But number one, the attitude about the program needs to change. It it just does. And once that happens, it can really open up. First, real quick, I want to tell you about Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up your college football season. In my picking for this weekend, I like, I don't know, Jackson Dart to... Be a little bit higher 
than 175 yards passing. I like Zach Evans a little bit higher than 120 yards rushing. This is how underdog fantasy works. You pick two or three players, three or four, you put it in there and you determine whether they're going to go higher or lower than the prescribed stat that was given. And it doesn't just have to be your team. It could be, you know, Mississippi State. It could be all the SEC. All the games that you're going to watch, you can participate in underdog fantasy. So you can go to underdog and make um, picks just like I did. It's easy to play and available in over 30 states. So if it's not, I'm sorry. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just Ole Miss, and decide whether they'll finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasies to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash in a single game. Sign up with promo code Locked On. That's one word, Locked On. And Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app at the App Store or Google Play Store. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy, promo code Locked On, one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify and iTunes. So give us a five-star review on Spotify and iTunes. The reason we do that is if you search Ole Miss podcast in the Google machine, that review will help it pop up. So the higher the star, the higher the review. All of a sudden, if you go to Google Podcasts, Ole Miss Podcast, search there, you can see that Locked On Ole Miss Podcast is front and center. Or it shouldn't be front and center. It's top and left. But that is the reason we ask for everybody to give us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's a five-star review. Anyway, in the first segment, we talked about the attitude around the program and that a little bit needs to be tweaked. I, like I said, I get the PTSD. I get the whole thing. I'm not talking down to anybody, but I do think that needs to change to get where we want to be. The other thing is win games like Kentucky. Now, Kentucky has players. They've got a quarterback that might go in the first round. They've got a running back that is their bell, bell cow, Chris Rodriguez. We've talked to Chris Gordy. We talked to Lance Dahl. The whole thing. You know exactly what you're getting with that. But, this is a game where Ole Miss is a six-and-a-half-point favorite, and the over-under is 54.5 as per bet online, which brings you all the lines on our show. It's on ESPN. You know, you can see it all down below. But it's a number eight versus a number 11 game, and that is what people are going to notice. But this is a game that Ole Miss should have the advantage in the trenches. And the SEC, as we know, is a trenches league. So J.J. Pegues comes back, Kari Coleman. Those guys come back. Otis Reese is out the first half, but I think Trey Washington and the defense can kind of mold together to do what needs to be done. But this is a game that Ole Miss needs to win. Whenever Ole Miss plays these games, or has played these games, before probably Alabama in 2014, so let's go way back in time with Ole Miss fandom like Alabama 93, when David Palmer, you you hurt Freddie Kitchens, and David Palmer has to come in and play quarterback, and he just wildcat quarterbacks you to death. Alabama wins like 19 to 14. Um, Ole Miss versus Tennessee twice for the SEC championship. They've played twice in my lifetime for that. Tennessee won both of those games, and actually fairly handily. I think Ole Miss 
had a problem with getting in their own way in games like this traditionally. So one thing this team, as a team, needs to be loose. But a lot of that energy does come from the fan base and everything that goes on in the stadium. But the next step involves winning these games. And the step after that is beating Alabama and Georgia. We're not far from where we want to be. Understand that. We are not far from where we want to be. We're at the point this year, if Ole Miss can get past Kentucky and maximize this season, where they say go 10-2, and two, Ole Miss might be the, the odds-on favorite to win the Southeastern Conference West next year. Yeah, even with Alabama. So games like this Kentucky game is a huge game. But what scares me is that it's been pointed to for six months. There is an element that's, that makes me sit back. If you remember Georgia back in, I think, 2009 or 2010, when they wore, broke out the black jerseys against Alabama, and they were having a blackout, and they were all excited about that, and Alabama made the comment before the game, was like, why are they wearing black? And it was like, well, they're going to a funeral. And Alabama can sit, can, went up 31-0 in the first half. It was an absolute blowout. That worries me a little bit for how much they're pointing to this game and the adverse effect that could come after this game. There could be a hangover either way whenever they go up to Vanderbilt. I expect another letdown, and then I expect them to kind of ramp up to be what they're going to be. But it is absolutely possible. But to get to where we want to be, this next level involves us beating Kentucky tomorrow. Not by 20 points or 30 points, just win the game. You'll always hear me say on this um, show, just win the game. By one point or by 140 points, it doesn't matter. The only people that care about how much you win the game by are people that are actively betting on that game. And while I recognize that you want it to be that way, and I even respect that, that's not going to affect my mood. If they were favored by 17, won by 16, that's not going to change the performance. One point will not change the performance. The optics of the whole thing will not be overlooked by what's going on. But if you want to get 24-17, which I think is a pretty good scoreline in this game, by the way, 24-17 kind of feels right. And... 24-17, yes, a seven-point win. You actually cover the line in the game. You handle what's going on. Kentucky is, you know, they, they take the L, goes on. You have Vanderbilt, you have Auburn, you have LSU. For October, is a little bit of a step up from September, but honestly, not that much. If you look at what Auburn did against Missouri, which that might have been the worst football game I've ever seen. Auburn is now participate participated in the two worst football games I've seen. Um, it, 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 was, it, was, it was horrible. But win games like Kentucky, that is going to be the key to this team moving forward. To get to the next level, you have to win this game. So, honestly, that makes this game more of a litmus test than anything that anybody said. It was like, we won't know anything about this team until after this game. No. We'll know if this team has moved up to the next tier if they win this game. 
they win this game, eight eight or nine and zero is on the table. And then the next game that everybody's going to point to, because get ready, it's going to happen, will be the Alabama game in mid-November. That'll be the next game everybody points to. All of a sudden, LSU doesn't matter, and Texas A&M doesn't matter, and Auburn doesn't matter. Stuff that's absolutely crazy to Ole Miss fans. Um, They'll actually try to convince you that these games are the way they are. It's, it's, It's just absolutely weird. Anyway, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, I'll tell you the third way that we can get where we're going right here on the Locked On Miss podcast. Stick around. All right, thank you for making the Locked On Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell for notifications when a new video goes up, and of course, upvote the video, comment on the video, participate in the conversation that will make us very happy. Thank you very much for that. Anyway, the last thing, you can see it over on the rundown and probably people have looked at that is like grow shadow support. And that was a dirty word and a dirty thing to talk about 24 months ago. But shadow sports is support is not what you think it means. Shadow support is the people that may not be diehards but are interested in the funness of Ole Miss football that maybe found a way to donate in some way to the program, NIL-based. It's a little bit more than the cap and t-shirt fan. These are the people that are going to be drawn by Ole Miss winning games. So 16 out of 19, the fan base is going to swell. It's going to be those guys. And as this moves forward, if this continues at the same pace, You'll have a situation to where 60,000 is going in for a non-conference game. You have 30,000 that is the same people, but the other ones kind of change, and they're interchangeable. You have somebody that might have two game, play, go to two games a year, one game a year. You'll see that grow as well. Now, if you look at the NIL side, this Realtree situation with the camo and the marble helmets, I'm going to call them marble helmets because they look like marble. Or as somebody on posted on Twitter, like the bouncy rubber ball, it did look like that as well, that you used to get out of the gumball machines, you know, those Super Bowls. Yeah, kind of looks like that as well. But somebody that might see how fun this is, how fun it's going on, how they take it a little bit differently in Mississippi and does like that and wants to get involved that may not be a fan in college football. Maybe it's a... Um, General Motors that sees a huge corporation in Detroit decides to come in and get on the action in NIL. Maybe it's Ford wanting to expand their partnership um, because the Northern Mississippi Ford dealers are, I think, a current sponsor. Maybe they want to up that. This is all shadow support. This isn't the um, old couple that has bought season tickets for 40 years and donates 10,000 a year. That, That is support that can be counted on. That is what it is. We're talking about the lower-end support, or y'all might think it, it as lower-end support, but it's actually unbelievably vital for this program. So whenever, whenever you look down on people that don't have season tickets, whenever you look down on people that don't da- donate large sums of money, for whatever reason, that just 
only ensures that they never will. People like what they like. I think that's important. People like what they like. And some Ole Miss fans are going to want to rabidly follow the team, sit at home on their couch, watching them 4K, use their own bathroom, eat their own food, and do all that and have these same opinions that everybody else does, which, you know what? They're allowed to. Some people want to be a season ticket holder, donate all the money, and have a say inside the program, which can be toxic if it's done wrong, see Auburn. Um, but that is what they want. They want to pay for influence within the program so they can feel like Jerry Jones. Nothing wrong with that either. It's all based on what people want. So the big money donors, which there's not that many at Ole Miss, there's, there's, there's really not, or the Clemson Ipte type donors that might don donate $20 a year, wear a t-shirt, buy a cap, go to a game or two a year. To me, those guys are equal. They're the same. And the more you expand the cap and t-shirt one, to quote Pete Boone, you know, the cap and t-shirt crew, the Ole Miss fan base is going to grow. And all of a sudden, the games are going to become a little bit tougher ticket. I think the problem is at Ole Miss, one thing they have when it comes to attendance is they market to their grads, their hardcores, those the this central group of people, instead of just marketing to random Joe that wants to go see a football camp. And with Ole Miss being located over an hour away from the nearest big city, attendance is always going to be a problem at Ole Miss because not enough people live within 20 minutes of the stadium. That's why basketball has been an attendance issue pretty much since they started playing basketball at Ole Miss. At Ole Miss, baseball is an attendance issue except for the weekend when people can come in and do that and they have all these extra things. So when it comes to attendance, A, you have to make it worth the people coming in, and B, you probably need to cast a wide net. And you need to figure out a way to get these cap and t-shirt guys. And I know people like to make fun of the Kroger $5 tickets um, for Memphis, but Ole Miss needs to do something like that. So that people is like, hey, do y'all want to go to the game this weekend? I just saw this at Kroger or Costco or whatever's going on, and you can go. And then the ticket becomes a tougher get. And if the ticket's a harder get and it really is a pain in the butt to get, you're less likely to leave in the middle. That's the, one of the secret things that Disney World does. The ticket to get in the place is $130 now for one person. A family of four, it's like 700 bucks. You're in there almost from open to close. You're not leaving early. If it's raining, if it's bad weather, you don't care. You're going to get your money's worth. You're bought in. So getting that shadow support will make Vault Hemingway a tougher ticket as well. So cap and t-shirt crowd, um, non-Ole Miss people NIL, this is the area where Ole Miss needs to grow support, in my opinion. So anyway, 
Real quick, I'm going to give you my prediction. I think um, Ole Miss is going to win the game tomorrow, 24 to 10, 24 to 10. And whenever they do, it, you know, should be really, really cool, honestly. So that is something you can look forward to in the ball game. This should be an episode of the podcast. I wanted to do this in a way that maybe you can listen to it on the way to the game. It wouldn't necessarily be timely. You can listen to it on the way back from the game. Um, but this will be something you can do. Anyway, my plan for this week, and I am recording this on Tuesday, so be aware of that because tomorrow a hurricane is hitting. And right now that hurricane is going right over my house, the eye of it, when it's tracking through. So I am not anticipating power. Um for the next few days after Wednesday night sometime. So I banked all these episodes for you guys because y'all are used to seeing them that they should be there. But there will be a post-game show of some kind. I've got five power banks for my phone. If I have to charge that bad boy up, and do that for the power bank if it's necessary. I will get on Twitter Spaces or Instagram Live or something like that, and we will do some kind of a show. It may not look exactly right. It may not be as pretty as this, but it will allow people to bitch about what they need to bitch about and let them to see what they need to see. It should be a cathartic experience um, around the Ole Miss football team. Anyway, get more on the SEC by making Locked On SEC your second listen. Everyday host Chris Gordy and his local experts of Locked On take you across the SEC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On SEC your second listen. Locked On SEC. Hey, this is going to be a weird week. I don't know how it's going to play out, um, but hopefully it goes well and I can just spend Thursday and Friday doing all kinds of extras for you guys. Um, but... As it sits now, I hope you enjoy the game tomorrow and have fun, be loud, do whatever you need to do, wear the colors they prescribe. They're trying to do something neat and they want it to um, show up on TV. This is a recruiting thing, so this isn't for you. So wear a blue shirt, wear a red shirt, whichever section you're required. StripeTheVault.com gives you the information that you need. So anyway, we will see you tomorrow in one way or another with the post-game show. I am Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see you later.